your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators podcast. Welcome inside episode 198 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in the heart of enemy territory, downtown Toronto, alongside Brandon Piller out in Canmore. And oh my God, we hyped up last night's game between the North Dakota Fighting Senators and the Denver Pioneers, and it more than lived up to it. We'll break that entire game down, including answering the tough questions like, did Detroit miss not taking Sanderson at four? Will Shane Pinto ever lose another faceoff? And a whole lot more. Then we have our Send Central citizen. It's AJ Prince on Twitter. Adam joins us with a great chat talking about his favorite Sense memories, his thoughts on the offseason, and why you should never get a player's name on the back of your jersey. All that and more. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Today is Saturday, December 5th, and congratulations to Jake Sanderson. Did not take the freshman long to get on the score sheet. Absolutely. He started his college career off with a bang with his first NCAA goal. And yeah, let's let's talk about that goal because that was a thing of beauty. And this is the these are the kinds of plays where you see prospects at UND and you know they're being properly developed because this was such a, a smooth play. You get a, a behind the back pass to the point, then that defenseman fakes the shot and passes it right to Jake Sanderson puts it on an absolute tee for the guy, and he just wires it home. Like, what an absolute bomb. For anyone concerned about Jake Sanderson's offensive abilities, I don't think you need to look any further than that. No, we know that he's Mr. Fundamental, and including stepping into a one-timer like that, his body weight transfer just allowed him to get as much power on that shot as humanly possible. And I honestly still don't think the Denver Tendy has been able to see it. And man, he actually had a really good game, Magnus Corona. But no, nobody's stopping that shot from Jake Sanderson. What was more impressive, that goal or his unbelievable individual effort to set up Frisch for his assist soon after? I'm going to go with the assist because this is a guy who made nothing into something. Like, I'll just quickly break down this play because I thought it was so incredible. They're down 2-1. Jake Sanderson carries the puck into the offensive zone all alone. The rest of his teammates, they're going off for a change. That's fine. Four Denver players start cornering him. Instead of doing what most players would do, like in that situation, you wouldn't be upset if he just pressed the puck up against the boards with his skate or chipped it around, just tried to create some space so then he could go off for a change. But he doesn't do that. He's patient with the puck. He holds on to it. He deeks around a couple Denver guys, then finds Frisch coming in from the change with a backhand pass all the way across the ice, and Frisch buries it with the wrister. And how about the confidence by Frisch there? Like top shelf wrister from the point when he had a lot of time to get in closer for the shot, but he saw he saw his spot and he picked it, and he didn't make any mistakes there. But that play, it's all Jake Sanderson. That like that would have been just a normal dump and change situation that he turns into an incredible play to tie the game up. And that's what great players do. They create out of nothing, which is what Jake Sanderson has done on the offensive side. I joke, maybe, that Detroit might regret not taking him at fourth overall. That is just how polished this 18-year-old defenseman is. And 
Don't get too excited yet. There's still a few weeks, but in less than three weeks, Jake Sanderson and Tim Stutzla will be playing in the same hockey tournament. So giddy up for that sense, fans. Hey, I got to start stop bearing the lead on these, Pillsy. The score of the game was 4-3, and Jordan Kawaguchi, an honorary Nodak sends. We're going to will this into existence that he signs with Ottawa. Him and Reese Gaber, those two guys, add to that right-wing depth, get them in the system. But we knew that he had hands in tight. You know that goal out from last year, we tweeted it out at Send Central, where he goes between the legs right at the goal line. This guy's hands in tight are just ridiculous. And coming up clutch. Like, this is, this is what you want from a guy in his senior year, the captain of your team. And uh, what I like here is what he did is he drove the lane on his backhand. And goalie-friendly show, as, as a goalie, you're expecting him to try to either drive wide with his backhand and try to get a high shot up, or he's going to carry it all the way around the net and either wrap around or send it out front. You are not expecting that quick shift from backhand to forehand and then before like pretty much as soon as the puck gets to his forehand he roofs it top shelf for the OT winner just just over a minute into overtime and that is same old story for him that's the fourth overtime winner he's had at UND which is the most in school history let that sink in talk about a storied career and he wants to end that off with a championship right because if he's a senior that means his first year was 2016 right they won the championship in 2015, the year before. So you know that he wants to have his name in the history books at North Dakota. Pilsy, overall, and we're going to get to Shane Pinto's excellence in the faceoff circle, but wow, that was just an awesome hockey game. Eh? Both teams had momentum and really a great showcase for college hockey. Absolutely. Anytime you get two of these Goliaths going head-to-head that early in the season, it's going to be an excellent show. And usually you get exhibition games, you have non-conference games. These mean so much in the standings and you could tell from the drop of the puck that each team wasn't going to give an inch now Tyler Clevin couple nice plays where he made good reads solid outlet passes but the real story outside of Jake Sanderson's first star performance outside of the great overtime goal from Jordan Kawaguchi Shane Pinto wow we knew he was good at face off 61% last year he went 18 and 0 now, Brad Sloshman, a guest on this show and the guy to, walk, to be following on Twitter and his in the Grand Forks Herald if you want to stay up to date, he said he's never seen anything like that on a college box score. 18-0. and 0, And they were using him even when it wasn't his shift. If they had a D-zone draw in the PK, yeah, he was taking the face off and then going right off for a change. That's perfection. How about Shane Perfection Pinto? Like the nicknames we got for this guy. I don't think I've seen an 18-0 face-off stat anywhere. Try go, go to Pee Wee House League Hockey. You won't Actually, see a guy getting 18-0. How about when Stutzla was playing in Krefelder when he was playing before he moved to Mannheim? He probably had a few games that would be uh, pretty historic. But 18-0, and 0, like we, we were talking uh, with Brandon Mackey on the internal budget show before we recorded, like even like 10-0, and 11-0, that would have been impressive. But to go 18-0 and 0 is just insane. And I think the ability to win face-offs is very underrated. Like it, it gets talked about, but that's a real art. That's a skill. Like that's something that some guys can just do. They, they, their timing's right. They understand. I'm, I'm sure Shane Pinto studies opponents' face-offs and how uh, other centermen go into the draw, and he works against that. Like 
when you when you're a coach Brad Barry and you know you got to win a face off and you can just put Pinto over the boards and it's I, I'm not I'm just going to say it. it's pretty much a guaranteed win. I don't feel bad saying that when a guy goes 18 and 0. That's incredible. The value that that adds to your team and we heard Pat Micheletti talk about it. This is the guy you want on the ice whether your team in the dying seconds of a game, whether your team is up a goal or down a goal and Shane Pinto is just proving that he is going to be an incredible all-round centerman. The Pinto bean sprouting right in front of our eyes, Pillsy. Magic beans. I, I'm curious to ask because you had them at 7 out of, out of 10 to win. But that's because you said they were only going to get 1 out of Denver and out of Minnesota Duluth. Now they're 1-0 in that category. Would you like to readjust your total? Classic Pillsy going conservative and being a little <laughs> low, eh? Well, you know what? I think that I hadn't seen much of uh, UND play. Like, this is really the first year we're getting really into college hockey. I don't know the other opponents. I'm going to change my answer for sure. To I'd 10? Be, no, easy, easy. I'd be surprised if 7 out of 10 is low. Now, I'm going 9 out of 10. Like maybe Okay, you're lose. jumping me. I said 8. Oh, yeah. Maybe they lose one game. But the sheer dominance I've seen from this team is just incredible. Like, I... I I think they're the favorite to win the whole championship. Again, I, I only have limited college hockey, but I'm confident in saying that this is a team that's going to go all the way. JBD and Shane Pinto want to finish this. They had unfinished business last year. They're coming in with a better team this year. I don't see anyone stopping them. Another fun moment on Twitter. And since Twitter, you guys are on fire during these Nodak Sense games. Hashtag Nodak Sense. Make sure when you're tweeting about it, use that. And then you can just click it and you just get a, a full scroll there. No other garbage getting in your way on the timeline when the fighting senators are in action. But I noticed Tyler Clevin and stick taps to a friend of the show as well. Alex Heinert. This guy is putting on an MVP-like performance on the microphone. But he dropped the stat that they had a beanbag tossing competition. The UND team. And Tyler Clevin was in the pair that won. So I tweeted out saying, look here, Tyler Clevin already out here winning championships with uh, an asterisk, space, 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 beanbag championships. And Tyler Clevin's mom retweeted it saying that's hilarious. So you got to love the engagement right there. Absolutely. And hey, winning culture, it doesn't matter what you're winning at. You got championship pedigree. You love to hear that. And I'm pretty sure Clevin's partner was one of the coaches. That makes it even more funny. Wow, that's awesome. Does that mean he's a coach's pet? You got to ask the questions. Nothing wrong with that. Trying to get more ice time. You got to love it. Well, there's going to be open ice time once Sanderson leaves to the aforementioned World Juniors. And that will be a hold, but I think that Nodak, they'll be just fine. So coming up on Sunday, Nodak is playing Western Michigan. If you listen to Friday's episode of the Locked On Senators podcast, we made note that their starting goalie's out for the rest of the pod. And that's a huge, huge hole maybe enormous because they lost 10-2 to Omaha I asked you how many goals Nodak would score I said 10 or 15 but actually like what do you think we're looking at here on Sunday night I don't even know I feel bad for uh for the Broncos there that's just tough especially when you're dozen (laughs) maybe honestly I'd I'd be surprised if they don't put put up an eight spot a good old snowman I think that's going to happen for sure especially Actually, like if Shane Pinto is winning all these face-offs, Western Michigan might not even touch the puck. 
Like they might not like the possession is going to be wild. I, I feel for those kids because, you know, a good group of kids, they're all trying their best. But when you're in a place where you don't have your starting goal t- tender and college hockey, that's the situation. The backups usually aren't that experienced. They don't get a lot of ice time. It's going to be tough sledding for those kids. I, I just hope that uh, we see, I, I just want all the Nodak players to be playing their game. You don't have to put up mega points, but don't, don't play down to your competition. I want to see them carry that same level of energy, that same level of dominance that they have throughout the first two games. Just before we move on to our Send Central Citizen, and then we're going to touch on the Senators founding around this time about 30 years ago before we end off today's show. But with Alex Heinert, like this guy, we mentioned his enthusiasm for the game. His tweets usually get like five, six, seven likes. He tweeted out this morning thanking Sens fans, saying that the engagement is wild. It's one of his favorite subplots of this season. And if you haven't been able to watch the games on NCHC TV, Alex Heiner, the play-by-play voice, we had him on the show on Tuesday, just saying basically stick taps to Sens fans because they can't believe the engagement rate. Do you think that Sens fans were the reason why NCHC was having trouble getting their streaming service up last night? 100%. I mean, Sens Twitter, like we, we know the community pretty well now. It seems like all of like the kind of Sens Twitter that we interact with are like, hey, my subscription's not working. What's going on here? It was all that kind of group. Panic. And yeah, I was panicking too. Like, this is a big game. I wanted to watch this. And uh, yeah, it's funny. I don't think people people underestimate the power and the passion of Sens fans. I don't, I don't want to hear this garbage about uh, selling tickets. The, the proof is in, in the community. The proof is in the passion of these fans. And Nodak's going to welcome Sens fans with open arms. I, I think we're going to have a good partnership here for the next decade, it seems like. Pilsy and I uh, will give on Monday our power rankings of the four Nodak Sens after the first three games. We've been watching every minute of it, and it'll be the three games that Jake Sanderson plays in the pod. So Monday, stay tuned for that. We'll also have a great guest, but we'll wait to tee that up because we have a great guest today as well. It's our Send Central Citizen Saturday. Pilsy, sponsor alert on a Saturday show, huh? Absolutely, guys. You you already know what's coming. It's our friends from Built Bar. And oh, yeah. It's been a long week. Like we, we've had to come a long way to get to the end of the week. Maybe some of us are hitting that wall. You know, you're tired. It may be the weekend, but you're not excited. You're not ready to go. Well, break through that wall with Built Go, whether it's mental or physical. Built Go is made to help you break through that wall. It's easy to take in one and a half ounce packages, put in your briefcase, Put it in your, your snowboard jacket, put it in your back, backpack, wherever you're going, you can bring Built Go with you. It's the best workout gel on the market. It's like five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. It's like drinking an energy drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. You know Built Bar, they always come with the delicious flavors. Peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. But how does Built Go work so well? Little secret called collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets into your system fast, and it's easy on the stomach. Collagen protein promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff will literally help you look better. Here's the sweetest part of it all. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 30% off your next order. That's 30%. Use promo code LOCKED for 30% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. All right, here it is. This week's Sense Central Citizen, it's Adam Prince. 
All right, we now welcome on this week's Sens Central Citizen. It's Adam Prince, at AJ Prince on Twitter. Adam, how are you doing today, sir? Great, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure, and uh, we've been waiting a long time. We love interacting with you on Twitter. We want to go all the way back. You know how this works. How did you initially become an Ottawa Senators fan? Oh, man. Uh, it's kind of an interesting story. I, um, you know, didn't have any family members directly that ever played hockey or uh, anything like that, but it was just my grandfather and kind of that generation. They were hockey fans. Unfortunately, I've got some deep, um, you know, Toronto Maple Leaf fans in the family uh, because, you know, back then there was no Senators team to root for. Uh, but growing up, I really uh, caught on. I think uh, Dean and Gord helped me really get hooked into the Sens because um, they were uh, they were instrumental. And back when I was a kid, you know, I wasn't old enough to be up late watching the game, so I was always just listening into uh, the Team Twelve Hundred back then and. Uh, listening in and uh, yeah so it just kind of grew up with the team uh, in that way yeah two of the best in the business right there <laughs> Dean and Gord that's for sure so what what time frame did you become a Sens fan like who who were the guys on the ice that you saw and you're like oh man I'm sticking with these guys these are my boys so it would have been uh, late 90s mid mid to late 90s like just after the inception of the team uh, some of my first uh, real big, like I was, I was in on the Ashen days. I was in on, you know, the Al early Alfie days, you know, Phillips getting drafted, all of those kind of things. Um, but then that was, you know, those were the kind of formative years, but then it really grew into, um, you know, as Alfie's career progressed, it was all of that. Um, and then I got into guys like, uh, you know, obviously King Carl, uh, Stone, Pajot, Turris, you know, even Fisher, Emery, you know, all those guys back in the day, I was a big uh, street hockey goalie growing up. So never made it onto the ice, but, um, you know, loved all the goalies out there. So I know you guys are goalie friendly, so uh, love it. Oh, yeah, this is absolutely a goalie friendly show. So outside of Ray Emery, we're going to have him as a bit of a tweener because he played as a starter, I think, for more as a senator. Who's your favorite backup goalie of all that have come through Ottawa? I don't know. I, I was thinking about this. Um, I... Would you consider Tugnet a backup or because it was like, you know, it's a duo That's tandem great, with him yeah. and Rhodes, right? Yeah. Um, you know, but there were so many, so many great ones, you know, uh, the Hamburglar run, um, you know, um, you know, all of those guys I think were, were really, really helpful. But Tugnet was the one that really stuck with me. Um, and, and again, I'm going to call him a backup, even though he was probably the tandem. Nice, nice. Uh, so, Adam, what, what was your favorite Sens moment? Like, there's been so many good moments <laughs> over the years. Like, if you could give us one, I'll, I'll let you have maybe two here. What are your favorite top two Sens moments ever? Oh, man, that's, that's a tough one because there are so many. Um, you know, less and less more recently. But uh, the ones that really stick out for me is, uh, you know, I've been very fortunate to go to a few uh, playoff games. And, you know, being uh, from Canada, you know, lived my whole life in Ottawa area. So, um, you know, I got a chance to go to a couple of games that really stood out. So first one was uh, in 2012 when Tourist scored the game four overtime winner versus the Rangers. I remember that moment coming down the rush every, you know, every playoff moment. I, it always comes back up every year. Uh, and then the other one, um, you know, any Sens fan will remember this one. I was back in 2017. I was at the game two win when JG Pajot had his four goal game, that chicken parm night. Absolutely um, sick. Second over, second overtime uh, against the Rangers. Uh, 
So, you know, I had a chance to go to both of those games and uh, I'll never forget those two memories for sure. Which series in 2017 do you think was more fun? The Boston series watching Carl absolutely dominate or kind of the back and forth aspect of the Rangers series? I, um, I think we'll always remember that, um, you know, crazy stretch pass um, to, to Hoffman from Carl. But uh, overall, I think the entire Rangers series probably stands out a bit more. Yeah, especially, was it the, no, it was the tourists again, speaking of tourists overtime goals, where they kept going down two goals. They were down 3-1, 4-2, 5-3, or sorry, 4-2, and then they won the game 5-4 on that, that, um, well, I guess the only real play that Burroughs made the entire playoff run. (laughs) But, uh, hey, so speaking of the Burroughs, because that's the trade that I hated from the moment it happened, out of all the trades that have happened since 2017, give me your favorite, but also the one that still doesn't sit well with you. So at the time, um, the Carlson deal did not sit well with me, but as time has progressed, that's the one that I think has been the most uh, impactful to the team's future. Um, so I would say that one is, is probably the best one that has worked out for us. The Stone one, I don't know if I'll be able to get over that one anytime soon, just because the guy was you know, at his peak in his career, uh, such a fan favorite, dominant in so many different ways. And uh, the return is probably not helping all that much uh, either. It's, it's a good return, not a fantastic return. And then you look and like, because it was the Dallas pick, it ends up being the second last pick of the second round. You're like, oh yeah. boy. Yeah. And, and it's one of those things where, again, it makes it easier when you see Carl maybe not doing all the things that he used to do. Uh, and then Stone, unfortunately, the other side of things, you know, he's out there lighting it up, doing all the things that Stone does. About to have a C stitched on his jersey too. Yeah, right, right. So it's it's more and more heartbreaking every year. Hey, give Branson a chance. He's still young. Don't don't give up on Branson yet. I promise you, Adam. He's gonna be good. Just you wait. Hey, um, he's the franchise. Exactly. You got it. They don't. You don't call someone the franchise if they're just a decent defenseman. You're, you're gonna see good things from him for sure. Now so. you told us off air that. Uh, you had kind of a, a principle when you're buying Sens jerseys and then uh, you, you went against that principle and it didn't really work out for you. You want to rehash that story for us? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I've always been uh, about the uh, crest on the front and less about the name on the back. Uh, that kind of a fan where I'll, I'll always support the Sens no matter what. Teams are going to change um, and that's, that's fine. So I, I had kind of made a principle to say, you know, I never really wanted to buy a, jersey, a name jersey uh, and the one time I did, I was like, you know what? It's going to be a safe bet. King Carl just became captain. This guy's locked in. He's going to be our future. You know, he's going to be retiring an Ottawa Senator. So I'm like, all right, this is the safest bet I think I've got right now. I'm going all in, um, you know, went in for the Carlson Jersey. And then I think it was like the next season, you know, all of that stuff went down. I think it was around that 2017 uh, playoff run. And then, then everything went down the next year. Right um, after Sweden. Yeah, imagine exactly. a, imagine an inside like behind the scenes of that Sweden trip just knowing what was to come after oh my gosh to be a fly on the wall of all of the things that were going on in the team at that time it would have been so interesting um just nuts yeah hopefully we get a book one day out of uh whether it's Pierre Dorian or somebody else who's a part of the organization like uh that would be a absolute must read as would the, what did Eugene say? 111-page guide to unparalleled success. What would be on your first page of that booklet? 
well, everything that we've done so far, I think in this off season, um, drafting high, you know, drafting most of the players that we did, at least, you know, Timmy Superstar is going to be a great one. Um, you know, Sanderson, I'm, I'm excited about all the draft picks that we've made, but some of them are more obvious winners than others. Some of them, it's a more of an investment to see where things are going to come out. You know, Tyler Clevin's gotten some heat, I think, for that pick. Uh, some of those kind of guys. But um, I think it can pan out. Um, we just got to be patient, trust the process, and, and uh, the 112-page book, I guess. Yeah, that, that's a must read. If, if one day that gets published, oh my God, that's going to be so interesting. Now, you mentioned a couple prospects, obviously the big guys, Timmy Superstar, Jake Sanderson, but of maybe the lesser known prospects, who's the one guy that's really catching your eye and you're like, I don't, I don't know where he's at now, but I, I see a big future for this kid. Who's one exciting prospect for you? So there's, there's a lot, but I think the one that most recently is really starting to kind of jump up my list is Pinto. Um, you know, there's obviously the guys that are closer to the system, like the Norris and all those kind of guys, but Pinto is one that's really starting to jump up there because, um, you know, he wasn't really on my radar quite as much and to be able to follow him very closely with the, uh, the fighting senators, uh, is really, really cool. Yeah. 18 and 0 in the faceoff circle, 80% through two games. And that is just an incredible way to start your sophomore year after being named the rookie of the year in the NCHC. Adam, really appreciate you being a Sense Central citizen. You can find him on Twitter at AJ Prince. Make sure to follow him there. Thank you. I could tell from your answers that you're a listener of the show. Appreciate you having you on. And hey, we're going to do something where we get all of our Sense Central citizens around previewing the season. So we're already looking forward to having you back on the show. Amazing. Cheers, boys. Make sure to follow Adam on Twitter at AJ Price. Great guy. Great to have him on the show. And you know that his cupboards are stocked with Built Bars because Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and it comes in 16 amazing flavors. If you like nuts, good. They've got eight options for you. If you don't, that's cool. Another eight for you. But what we can tell you about Built Bars is the outside is 100% covered in chocolate. The other day, I woke up and usually I have yogurt and berries for breakfast, but I didn't want, I wasn't feeling it. So what did I do? I reached for a Bilt Bar and it was the healthy alternative. It's great for guys like me and girls like my girlfriend. She loves them too. They're great for everybody who wants to lose or maintain weight while they indulge in a delicious treat. All the bars are low in calorie, low in sugar, yet they're high in protein and high in fiber. That's a nutritional grand slam if I've ever seen one. You don't think we're going to get through a Saturday episode of the Locked On Senators podcast without a Pillsy's pick of the week, did you? Well, Ross, you said you usually have yogurt and berries. Well, keep the berries in there. How about reaching for one of multiple fruit flavor Built Bars? I'll hit you with one you're going to love, Built Bar Raspberry. The, sometimes, I'll be honest, sometimes chocolate and fruit, it doesn't really work. They're trying too hard, but Built Bar does a great job of subtly introducing those flavors. You get all the 100% real chocolate on top and then a nice fruity flavor so that Ross can still get his berries in the morning. And I also go to BuiltBar.com because I like to check all the different flavors they have and you can too. It's BuiltBar.com and when you go there, put in the promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your first order. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code locked on, and you'll get 20% off your first order. Okay, Pilsy, you know what? We'll leave it to the experts because there's been so many people covering the sense from day one. We've just seen so many great articles from Bruce Garriock and 
uh, Gord Wilson, who went on Team 1200, and, and was talking about the foundation of the Ottawa Senators. And that was 30 years ago, which is just crazy to think. Yeah, it's, it's wild that it's been that long. And hey, there's been some ups and downs with this franchise, that's for sure. Yeah, 100%. There's also been ups and downs in the negotiation to get hockey back on the ice. Now, Frank Saravelli yesterday, December 4th, tweeted out saying that the NHL has shared draft schedules with the PA, including a 56-game regular season, but that was based on a January 1st start. You have to think that's out of the window now. Should the NHL just be focusing on January 15th to February 1st, somewhere in that range? There is no way the NHL is starting January 1st, especially when you're, you're looking at teams like the Ottawa Senators who were promised an extended training camp. Running out of time here. Like there's dates need to be decided. Decisions need to be made. Uh, quarantines need to happen. Like there's just too much to happen here. And I, I'm not an insider, so I don't know all the, all the ongoings and discussions, but doesn't seem like it's going well. I think if they were figuring stuff out, they would make it very known publicly, and we're not seeing that. Well, we'll be an outsider, and it sounds like when Tim Stutzla finishes up at the World Juniors, he'll come straight to Ottawa. And I'm happy that this storyline never became a thing, whether it was Stutzler going to get signed and be in Ottawa or the World Juniors. Like, the timing actually kind of works out if you're the Sens. Hey, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back down to earth here, Ross, and be a realist. The contract negotiations still are not done. Until Mannheim gives up his rights, I'm not willing to accept the fact that he's coming to Ottawa. I, I've said it before on the pod. I think if you're Mannheim, you've you got to be uh, assertive here and be like, no, we're keeping Timmy this year until you, the NHL figures out what's going on. And I think that's what they're doing now. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens because I, I've never really followed this kind of thing as closely as Timmy Stutzla uh, as regards to a German player and DEL dealing with NHL contracts. But this seems like a really long, drawn-out process. And all the experts are saying, oh, it's not a big deal. They'll get this done. They'll get this done. Why hasn't it been done then? That's why it just, it just makes me think that there's something else going on here. Yeah, I mean, geez. You got to think that, at this point, let them have the holidays with their families and show up to camp on January 4th or January 6th after Tim Stutzla wins the gold medal for Germany on January 5th. Maybe a bit of a pipe dream, but we'll leave you with that for the weekend. Coming up on Monday, we've got an interview with short-time Ottawa Senator, but long-time pro, now pro scout with the Boston Bruins, Dennis Bonvi. That was kind of a fun conversation with him. Absolutely. I think some of my favorite uh, conversations are with retired players who used to be fighters. Like they, they just have so many good stories. They're such locker room guys. They know all the guys. They got good jokes and, and they, they understand the game. You'll hear Dennis talk about it, uh, kind of the role of uh, fighters and goalies being really good analysts because they get to see a lot of the game and they have to focus on the intricacies of the game a lot more than these talented guys who it just comes easy to. Yeah, now he's a pro scout with uh, the Boston Bruins. He was with the Chicago Blackhawks, won three Stanley Cups in that role with them. And uh, yeah, you know I brought up the 2017 Bruins-Sens playoff series. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. The Nodak Sens in action on Sunday afternoon, and we'll be back on Monday as well to break that down. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.